Archimax login confirmed. Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Welcome back to Matt's Movie LodgeCast. I hope you had a peaceful summer, because now it's time to once again shed innocent blood. You are my next victim, Lodge Master. It was always you. Now, gaze into the mirror and summon the Lodge Cast. Episode 108, Candyman 2021. Welcome back from summer break, y'all. It's the Lodgecast. I'm your Lodgecast. With me as always is Brother Bishki. Candyman, 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 Candyman. <gasps> Brother Lucas in the back. Ellen. <laughs> and joining us for the intro, and then he'll call in. He's promised. It's fan favorite, Brother Nate. Hey, guys. Be Woo! my victim. Be my victim. <laughs> we love you, Nate. Candyman has brought us back from our wet and wild summer vacay. Mm-hmm. Did you guys have a good time? Uh, yep. <laughs> the hot and smoky summer. <laughs> now, what is our history with Candyman? For me, personally, this is one of those rare horror movies that scared the shit out of me as a kid. Yeah, man. Same. And... I think I, I, I credit all of that almost with the atmosphere. Like so few horror movies successfully pull off a unique atmosphere that's all their own. Song. It's true. I mean, first of all, you've got the original setting of Cabrini Green, Chicago, which is a uh, public housing project. Setting it there is brilliant. Which is absolutely out of the box brilliant. And then secondly, you have Philip Glass doing oh, the God. score. which Heavy has lifting weight. on the score. Yeah. And then third, you have this amazing historical backstory that's tied to like U.S. history giving the character this added dimension and depth that like you can't even comprehend. And, and it's not just a horror movie or a psychological thriller. It's a, it's like a tragic romance. Like it's this yes. truly operatic, beautiful work mm-hmm. of it's art. It's got it all. And mm-hmm. it's terrifying. It's a singular villain, you know? I mean, yeah. I, 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 I have to address that. It's a Clive Barker short story. You know, I, I have some history with this. There's a Books of Blood series that I just recommend for any horror reader Books it's, a, of it's a bunch of all midnight meat train was another one that was made into a movie and <laughs> haven't uh, seen it Many <laughs> Jones for the suite. It. i mean it, it's a short film yeah i mean it's this great little short story that that covers the this urban legend of the candy man and the whole call you know invoking him by calling his name but also the candy to the kids you know that was in the short story so it was all super well laid out in this in this little short story but then modernizing it putting in cabrini green i mean it gets and i, I i'm all for the philip glass 
score. It's great. That yeah. that tickles my spinal cord and gets me in the mood for for I mean it's it's just like an instant horror classic character. And absolutely with, Tony with Todd like Freddy Krueger and Robert England and you know he's like this iconic character that he owns. That it, it, it is him. Like it's his voice, yep. it's his demeanor, oh, yeah. it's his je ne sais quoi. Like he's absolutely <laughs> a living legend icon. And the Lodge Mistress and I watched this I think you know about a week ago. And it still packs a punch. This movie is brutal. It's fucked up mm -hmm. and it still is nightmare inducing. Like mm -hmm. some of those frames that you get of just blood soaked. Yeah. Like I, I just watched it last night. Oh, I, I hadn't seen it since college. I didn't really have a taste for horror back then. So I, I was kind of like, I don't, I, I didn't remember it being great. But then last night I was like, whoa, yeah. like once the Candyman shows up, the movie just goes bonkers and there's some crazy imagery. It's the real deal. Very much so. I mean, thinking about, I'd love to see the origins of this, this project. Cause you have Bernard Rose, who is a, who's a fabulous director. Paper House is one of my little hidden gems that mm -hmm. I, I recommend to people, but also Immortal Beloved, you know, he's, he's yeah. a classical he director. Did, he did Ivan's know? Ecstasy, which introduced uh, Danny Houston to the world, which was a yes, pretty interesting so. drama. So pulling them in here is very interesting. I think, you know, elevates the elevates the first film for sure. So what are we getting into tonight? This well, is this a sequel? Well, no. Well, I thought we were getting a remake until I thought it was a remake. Until like I a read reboot. Until like Brother Bishki's blowing my mind, my brain. <laughs> yeah. We're actually getting Candyman four tonight. That's what you're saying. Oh, but shit. we're actually technically getting Candyman two. They're ignoring the sequels. Um, I didn't know there was a third sequel, by the way. Fan. Yeah, Day I knew of the there dead. was Candyman. Yeah. Uh, Farewell to the, the Flesh. Farewell to the Flesh. That, that screenwriter uh, Bill Condon, who did Chicago, wrote and directed. There's some pedigree there, yeah. But but I did not know there was a third film that Tony Todd made with uh, another lead actress, not not nearly as prestigious as Virginia Donna Madsen. Donna Derrico, is that what? <laughs> yeah, Donna yeah, Derrico. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's Candyman, Day of the Dead. So this one is ignoring those two, much like the Halloween which is also yeah. called Halloween, ignores everything in between yeah, the first one and Halloween. Yeah, yeah. It's so, it's Halloween too. So yeah. Candyman is a direct sequel to Candyman. Yes. God damn it. No the, any, no, no Are you anything. reading the wikis, Dave? What are you doing? I, I read the, the top section of the wiki. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I won't spoil anything more, but we're going back to Chicago. That's all. Okay. All yeah. I know is back that Mia Costa is the first black uh, woman director who... Has a number one movie. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes. So it's a milestone. It's a breakthrough. It's amazing. Yeah, she's I'm very like 30 excited. Years old. This is great. I've seen this trailer. I've seen the trailer <laughs> A version and the trailer B version or the teaser and the theatrical numerous times Endless. on the big screen in the last five outings. So I am like ready for we this. We are all teed up. Yes. We got a sweet tooth. We are ready for Candyman. Candyman, don't let us down. Got some candy yeah. right here. We're ready to get scared. We are ready. And Nate, we're going to lose you on the second half, mm. but call in and let us know what you think. I will. Yeah, I'll do, he, I'll do he, a final cap. He's got work cap. in the morning. He's got work to do. So, Let's see if uh, this really like pays off. Being a responsible adult tonight. We're so glad brother to be Nate, back. But thanks for coming out. We'll be back, y'all. Thank you, brother Nate. Let's go into the world of the candy man. Be our listeners. <laughs> it's candy pirate, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
We have shed innocent blood and we've lost Nate. <laughs> Rest easy, brother Nate. Rip. But we are still here. And before we get into it. All right, from Rotten Tomatoes, it's kind of a long one. I'm going to go as fast as I can. Go for, for it. For as long as residents can remember, the housing projects of Chicago's Cabrini Green neighborhood were terrorized by a word-of-mouth ghost story about a supernatural killer with a hook for a hand, easily summoned by those daring to repeat his name five times into a mirror. In present day, a decade after the last of the Cabrini towers were torn down, visual artist Anthony McCoy, Yawa Abdul-Mateen II, HBO's Watchmen, Us, and his partner, gallery director, Brianna Cartwright, Tiana Paris, if Beale Street could talk, the photograph, move into a luxury loft condo in Cabrini, now gentrified beyond recognition and inhabited by upwardly mobile millennials. With Anthony's painting career on the brink of stalling, a chance encounter with the Cabrini Green old-timer, Coleman Domingo, HBO's Euphoria Assassination Nation, exposes Anthony to the tragically horrific nature of the true story behind Candyman. Anxious to maintain his status in the Chicago art world, Anthony begins to explore these macabre details in his studio as fresh grist for paintings. Unknow <laughs> That's nice. Unknowingly opening a door to a complex past that unravels his own sanity and unleashes a terrifying wave of violence that puts him on a collision course with destiny. Period. Is that the Epic. longest schnapps we've ever it's, had? It's, it's in the top five. It's, it's, it's in the top, the top five. Top yeah. Holy for sure. shit. Well, that yeah. does most of the plot heavy lifting for us. Yeah. So, okay. Let's get into it. <laughs> Let's uh, roll up our sleeves and summon the Candyman. I'm going to say one thing. And say it five times. I'll say it five times. I love that this was in the art world. I think that's a great move. I mm -hmm. think I think that's a cool setting and place for this kind of story. You get ha having gone to art school in Chicago, that tracks. It totally checks out. And it might be because we both went to <laughs> art school in Chicago, <laughs> and despite all the horrendous macabre goings ons. It made me miss Chicago. I mean, I know it was supposed to be creepy, but I just wanted to go visit for again. The, for the record, <laughs> I went to school in Chicago in the early 2000s and lived uh, for a year in Humboldt Park. And I would take the DV division bus number 70 down division to the Jewel Osco, which was like in Lincoln Park. Jewel but, Osco represent. But you had to go through Cabrini Green. And there was a few stops along the way. And I definitely witnessed some sh some shit, and it was towards the end before they were, you know, relocating people right before they tore it down, and it definitely felt haunted. And like, you were it, thinking of Candyman, probably, when you were driving through there. Of course, yeah, that's sure. always the subtext and in your subconscious, but there's just also a lot of, yeah, poverty and, and destitution and, and just frustrated, you know, bus drivers having to, you know, become social workers or right. just good citizens to help people in need on the bus or trying to get on the bus. But yeah, so I'm a big fan of the fact that it's still Chicago, it's still Cabrini Green, and you've got this artist who we can all probably relate to on some level. And I love this actor. I don't know if you guys have seen Watchmen on HBO, but it is fantastic, and he's a huge part of it. And I thought he was super compelling in this, and that was really what was keeping me on board with it throughout the runtime. Uh, Bishki, you're silent. 
Um, yeah, I was just in <laughs> Chicago a couple weeks ago. Love <laughs> Chicago. Love that it's back in Chicago. Yeah. I think they were shooting in what's remains of Cabrini Green. Uh, in the Seemed like it. It felt and very authentic. I like, didn't smell felt, a lot of green screen. I, I don't know yeah. a lot about the history of today, but it seemed like they were incorporating like the real fact, which is it's been gentrified. The, the property that the towers used to be on have been torn down and built these high-rise condos for, you know, middle upper middle class or wealthy individuals. Yeah. No, I was on the north side of Chicago living for two years in 2014, 2015. Whole Foods moved into my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I was uh, gentrifying the Edgewater neighborhood. And, <laughs> Good uh, job, dude. Uh, um, I was an artist. Paint. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> you have uh, the soul of an artist, brother. Yes, yes. Yes. But um, but anyway, so I'm yeah. I'm glad I was back in Chicago and the art world. You know, is kind of satirizing it. We got Jordan Peele as a writer. Yeah, we do. Um, which is which I think you know factors in quite a bit. Quite a bit because yeah, this is definitely kind of forefronting you know the social issues and also um, offbeat humor, some appropriate good laughs that that he's underlining. Uh, where it's a little self-referential or a little tongue-in-cheek. You know, for instance, a character opens a door to a creaky, spooky basement. <laughs> yes. And she's like, hell no, I'm not going down there. And the audience, yeah. the audience rejoiced. She just like, said, thank, nope. Thank you, thank you. And we forgot to mention at the outset that this was a discount night. Discount night. Discount night. And... People, people pretty much filled in the theater. I, I, I was worried at first because there was not a lot of activity outside. The it was desolate. The, the sixteen steps. It was pretty desolate, but it filled in quite nicely, and people were, you know, laughing when they should laugh, and they definitely reacted to that part. They came to play. Yeah, we had a good audience. But here's my issue. Here's my issue. And hook it on me. It, it has to do hook me with it with what Bishke just mentioned, which is putting the social issues to the forefront. I think on paper, the reimagining or the expansion of the Candyman lore looked great. I bet it looked fantastic on paper, and I bet it even read great. Yeah. But the problem is, taint scary. Taint scary at all. I, will, I, w- yeah. I wasn't scared for one fucking minute in I, this movie. I, I will second that absolutely, <sighs> and it was it was so funny that you mentioned it because I was like, man, I can see this idea working, yes. but for whatever reason, when the title of the film is Candyman, you expect <laughs> to meet and get to know and be scared by the title character, yes. and in here they kind of sprinkle it they out. They dilute it. They dilute it so much where you're, it's more of an abstract theory yes. as opposed to like this is really happening. Like a Freddy Krueger, like a Candyman. Like it's so that was the kind of interesting mm. paradox that I felt where I was like, ooh, yeah. I'm, I'm 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 into the ambition of them connecting yes. all this. It's 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 reaching for some interesting places, but you're right. At the end of the day, it felt to me more like a body horror, like Cronenberg film. Yeah, and Tony Todd. Oh, we we knew. <laughs> Oh. I knew he was going to be in it, oh. but I saw him way down the credits list oh. when I looked on IMDb, and I was like, hmm. The utilization, like a flash frame. The Tony utilization Todd. of the Tony Todd, and Tony Todd. <laughs> yeah, in this is criminal. And it's, let's it's let's, the save the aging, it's, let's save that. Okay, let's, let's sorry, save that. Let's save that. Sorry, but I think logically, all of these ideas are great. 
and I, I, I would sign off on them. I would green light them. Jordan Peele comes to me and says, and a consp- conspiratorial whisper, like, Hey, it's like the urban legend is real. So it's ev- everybody. It's everybody. Candy. It's and you're throughout like, time. Oh, you're like pointing at him like, Oh, you and if, and if, and if especially Jordan Peele comes to you and is like, it's going to be Candyman throughout the ages as guys that are unjustly killed by authority figures, white authority figures, and it's cyclical. It happens again and again, and Candyman insinuates himself into this artist's life and what is real, what is not. He slowly becomes the Candyman. I'd be like, fuck yeah. Yeah, go with it. Run with it. Go with God. Godspeed. Sounds great. But in the execution, right away, the first Candyman you see is unjustly killed. And right away, you're like, well, whose side am I on? Am I on Candyman's side? Maybe I am. Maybe I am. Mm-hmm. And that ruins the horror. You know, it was you, like, you're not it was, afraid of him. Well, it's just yeah. a little abrupt because, yeah, in the, in the cold open, in the prologue, it's it's the 1970s, Ekebrainy Green. And yeah, the the audience's perception, oh, this must be the title character right. crawling out of this wall. And you're like, who's this guy? And yeah, and, and <laughs> is this our candyman? This is the new yeah. And then it doesn't, yeah, really pan out that way in the traditional sense. And it just kind of throws you and uh then the motor never gets revving. You know what it's interesting? It felt like the entire movie from start to finish was like a really long act one. Like, yes. I, I felt yes. like I felt like there wasn't an act two or three, but like it was just an extended yes. act one. Yeah, like they're setting up Candyman Kills, which is coming. And and what was even <laughs> odder was that uh it, it did feel even though it was kind of brief and moving on a steady clip, it felt like some scenes were missing. Yes. Where it would cut to his like for instance, he gets stung by a bee. And it's like a normal bee sting. And then like later that night, his girlfriend's like, oh, what happened to your hand? He's like, oh, I got stung by a bee. Then like the next scene, it's turned into this like psoriasis, lizard skin, <laughs> like like burn victim. It's a and, salad sting. And, and there's no, yeah, and there's no reaction or notice of it. Like the, 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 the there's no, uh, it's just like how much time has gone by. The metamorphosis of this sting throughout the movie is by far the scariest thing in the movie, <laughs> which is a problem. Mm-hmm. But that's the body horror. When this bee sting on his hand just starts getting pussy and crusty and he starts picking at it. <laughs> Oh, they're always picking at it. Why are you picking at it? I was punching Brother Nate. I was like punching him. I'm like, no, Nothing good comes from picking at it. (laughs) But Lucas, your act one theory is amazing. That's what it is. Because I'm like, this movie isn't, hasn't gotten going yet. It hasn't gotten cooking yet. And it's extra weird when they just start throwing in victims that are not even remotely related to our central plot just to get the Candyman body count up. Mm. It's like, what? That's that's another issue, what right? What is that? Because yeah. I feel with filmmakers today, they might not understand point of view like in the tra- traditional sense and they just go, yeah, they have all these ideas and it's like, let's do them all or throw it against the wall. Well, it felt like a studio note. Like, we need more kills. Let's yeah. kill five high school girls in a bathroom. Yeah, it all felt, yeah, like th- it felt like separate set pieces Yeah, where they're like, okay, we're going to do a kill here. Like It's like an extended trailer. And, and in terms of like the pacing, because like, you think of like, the pacing of the original Candyman is like once Candyman shows up, like things just go off the rails for the rest of it. And it's horrifying (laughs) till the end of the film. And, and this one, it's like, we, we keep stopping. We keep like, you know, slowing, you know, it's just like every 
candy interruptus. Yeah, exactly. And also, the rules are kind of fucked up because you got people looking in window reflections. You got people looking in art piece I mirrors. Thought, I thought it was the people who said it who got killed, uh, not everyone in the vicinity. Yeah, like what? Like the boyfriend of the main woman's brother, he says it in the mirror and nothing happens to him. We don't even see him again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they I, set him up as like a main character. He summons Candyman. Nothing happens. But other people summon him. Candyman's there right on the spot. Yeah. He's there immediately. I've always been a little confused about the rules of Candyman, even after the first one, but, but this think, one takes it to another level. I think yeah. they really need the most powerful image in any Candyman situation is you're alone or with a partner in a bathroom. Yeah. You're looking in the mirror. Oh, yeah. You do it. And Lights we, off. We almost have that in this with the art critic who's in her own bathroom and she, she gets that sly look on her face and she's about to do it, but... By then, they cut away when she's about to do it because evidently we've seen too many people do it and it's boring or something. Right. But that is that is the essence of the Candyman summoning to me. It's like you're staring yourself down and you're deciding whether or not to do this thing that seems silly, but you go through with it. And it's all diluted in this. It's all <laughs> like they, they don't have that giggle inducing situation that everybody loves about Candyman. It's all just devil may care summoning. Yeah. And, and he shows up if he wants. I mean, it also, it's interesting. Like with horror, I feel like you have to be more traditional in the pacing or structural sense to build and release tension. And if you sure. kind of cut with these dramatizations with like the, the shadow puppets or cutouts right. and like the real modern world. But then there's like flashbacks, you know, yeah. I, I feel like, yeah, it becomes more of a farce where you're just watching. Yeah. These, these extended sequences and individually they're great, but as a whole, you're, you're just kind of being taken out of it because it's jumping around so much. And you're like, wait, where are we going now? Or who's this? Yeah. And then all of a sudden he shows up at his mom's place. And I thought that would have been a great moment had it been set up a little better. But then like when you realize like, oh, this is the mom from the first. Yeah. Oh, okay. It wasn't like this hard hitting revelation. It was more like, I'm still not 100% sure it's right, but that's what I'm thinking it is, question mark. She has aged like fine wine. She looked amazing. It must be mm -hmm. said. She was great. Another in thing, another thing that this movie is missing that coming hot off rewatching the first one, there's no romance. Like that was an edge that Candyman had over everything was that Candyman was in love with Virginia Madsen yeah. and mm -hmm. she was like getting hypnotized Some by vertigo it. shit. There's a little bit of vertigo. There is none of that in this. Yeah. And it's 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 a vibrant thread I, I, I think, that is missing. Yeah, you know what it is actually? I thought of it. I was like, gosh, what made the original kind of interesting and what they could have done here was make the relationship interracial. So like his girlfriend could have been a white blonde lady and and that way you could have played off, you know, the legend or, of, of the original or or make him fall in love with Candyman. Like make it a gay romance. That too. I don't know. No, that too. That can work. Like I'm just missing any thread of romance in this movie. Yeah. There's none. It, there's just him and his fucking bee sting limping around Chicago. It feels incomplete to me. And you know what else kind of threw me with the art scene kill? 
like the first kill was I was not a fan. Yeah, was I it called back to Dan Gilroy's Velvet Buzzsaw, which Netflix did a few years ago, which I know is is not, you know, a great example, but it just felt like oh wow, it's kind of a riff on that and it just seems sort of silly or something. It was all kind of going for like a satire kind of thing. But the, but the laughs yeah. weren't landing. And the acting know. among the art world crowd was not the strongest. Yeah. It was you know, pretty it took a dip. It took a dip with, with that stuff. Yeah. And it just, I don't know, like Candyman was living completely in the reflection at that point. So he's invisible when he's attacking you, which... I don't know. It doesn't photograph that well. I mean, it's definitely it's just not scary. And and like, I don't know if it's the lighting or if Candyman's coat was too new. (laughs) He just wasn't scary. And he there's a part with the art critic in the bathroom where Candyman's kind of peeking around the corner, (laughs) and it's funny. It's funny, and you don't want to laugh at Candyman. You want to be terrified. There was one big inappropriate laugh that I couldn't help but let out when. After Anthony, the lead character, like leaves the art critic's apartment and she's like murdered. He goes to a dinner, (laughs) right? And doesn't mention it. Doesn't mention where he's come from. There's like, you're not really sure if it really happened. Right. But then everyone at the dinner gets these like Amber alerts on their phone (laughs) saying that like the art critic critic killed. Murdered. Art critic Amber alert. And it just cuts to him and he's like, I gotta go. I gotta go return some videotapes. (laughs) (laughs) There was some unfortunate laughter. You you get you get too good of a look at Candyman as well, or at least the iteration of Candyman that is haunting this movie. You get clear looks at him, yeah. and there's not that moody lighting. Like, something just didn't feel right about the Candyman aspect of it. You're missing Tony Todd's voice. Let's let's talk about Tony Todd, because at the end, the end goes completely off the rails in my book, by the way, because, you know, this this artist gets involved with this laundromat proprietor who who knows a little something about Candyman and he loses his marbles and is trying to. That was another note I had is <laughs> I think they they missed the beat where he turns from good old kindly folksy yeah. laundry guy to crazy person. It they just, do. It just kind of happens off screen and then they just cut to him acting crazy. We cut to him in this and, church. And, and yeah. I was just like, man, just a like, mental note for all directors out there. It's exciting for the audience to discover the yeah. emotional turn, the pivot. When you make that left turn into Crazyville, we want to see it happen yeah. in real time because that is called a train wreck. You're witnessing a train wreck, yeah. but you just cut to it. <laughs> it's like the train wreck already happened. You're like, look at this mess it made. And you're like, yeah, yeah I wanted to see the impact, bro. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to just be rubberneckers looking looking, looking at this train wreck we after it witnesses. happened. So the ending's off the rails, but all roads lead to our ostensible hero becoming Candyman, which he does. And he kills a bunch of cops, which is provocative. And then bees swarm his face and you can't really see his face. (laughs) (laughs) Is this the salad dragon? This is the salad dragon. The salad dragon. A scene in a movie that is so bizarre, baffling, or transcendent that it instantly justifies the price of admission. Or Reese Witherspoon's leafy transformation in A Wrinkle in Time. Oh, reluctant salad dragon. The bees clear out a little bit, and you see 
de-aged like digi Tony Todd. Yeah. He looks like he looks like somebody from like Rogue One, like when they when they digitize Carrie Fisher or something. And he's like, tell everyone about me. <laughs> but it's like it's like you're playing the Candyman video game. And it's maybe, you know, maybe PS4 graphics. They're pretty good. It's the cutscene. But it's not it's not him. Yeah. Or if it's him, it looks fake. Yeah, because Tony Todd looks fine. Dude, oh, he look, looks look so camera, great. Looks if great. anything, if anything, he looks more haunted now. Just yeah. let him be old. Let guys. him yeah, let this... him be aged in the uh, current incarnation. And the the entire audience in our theater let out like a weird sigh after that. Cause then that's the mic drop moment. That's the moment where they want you to be like, Oh shit. Tony Todd's back. Oh shit. And it was this just, I put my mask over my eyes at that point. Cause I didn't, I didn't want to even think about what I just seen. And that's not a good way to go out. Yeah. You know, a confused sigh is not a good way to end your movie when you really wanted to slam dunk it, you know, but that's, that's the world we're living in. Why wasn't, uh, why wasn't Tony Todd? uh, I know they're trying to make it new and expand it and make it relevant, but either use Tony Todd or don't, but Mm -hmm. don't do that to him. No, not like this. Not like this. No. Yeah, no. Bishki, were you scared at all in this film? No. Let's just go with them candy bones. I can feel it in my bones. Hmm. Lucas, drop them bones. Uh, it's good to be back in the edge with you boys. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> First uh, and foremost. And I'm I'm glad we we don't live in an area where there's a lot of beehives or murder mm-hmm. hornets or killer bees. Yeah, we don't need that. Um, I wish there were more bees in this movie. Yeah. I know you had the bee sting wound. There was the bee that counted. I, I really, when I think back, it was just that end scene you described with the bees and, and not too many bees elsewhere. But yeah, I wish, I guess it was just more a straightforward, traditional like act one, he says his name. Act two, he shows up. And act three, they have to like exercise him or defeat him somehow. Right. But it didn't have that clear trajectory. It definitely, I yeah, felt like satire or farce or something where it was just more offbeat. I also wanted him to have his art show. You know, like I wanted the art thread to go deeper because they're like, ooh, a lot of renewed interest in this Candyman art show that you're putting together. Like, let us see that and then have Candyman show up at his own art show. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. That would have been interesting, definitely. Because, yeah, his, his uh, background as like an, an artist or portrait, a portrait her, portraitist it w- was interesting. Um, and that kind of just fades out. But, yeah, I felt it was very glossy, had like the, you know, all the right ingredients. Yeah. But as I was sitting there, yeah, you're right. Like, I just wasn't scared. I was kind of giggling a little too much. And I just thought, man, this might have been better had it just been Tony Todd as the title character, but for this whole new generation. Sure. And I I really appreciated them trying to bridge the first original film with this one because that does take ambition and and thought and, you know, TLC. It's not just a remake. Right. It Mm -hmm. really is striving for something new. And the fact that they were tying it into Cabrini Green, I was like, man, this is 
I want to. I want to like this so bad, but I just can't. So I have to give it a bone. <laughs> One bone. Uh, I really Whoa. wanted to give it more. It was. It was at two and a half for a while, but sure. when it ended, I was like, "This can't be the end." And then I was like, "Oh, this is the end." Yeah. And then it ended, and I was like, "Man, I don't know." That's one candy bone. Brother Bishke, are you going to be a little nicer to it? Or are you going to put a razor blade in that piece of candy? Just a little bit nicer. <laughs> I'm missing Tony Todd greatly. Yeah. Um, you know, and and we get a bunch of candy mans in this. But, <laughs> candy uh, men. They should have called it candy men. Candy men would have worked. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, it kind of pushes. You know, I, the first one, you know, the... It does have the Cabrini green and and Candyman's kind of this mystery. This one kind of pushes the mythology to the forefront and yeah. kind of the social issue stuff and and the horror kind of gets a back seat. And so it it um as Lodger Mess just says, it's just not did not make me horrified. But um <laughs> So I'm going to give it, for not being a remake, I'll give it one and a half bones. 1.5 bones from and, Brother Bishke. Uh, I'm glad to be back in the edge. Oh, man. You missed Tony Todd. I missed you boys. Holy shit. Yes. I mean, time flies. Like I, I feel like we were we were off for a week. We've all been doing various, various things, working, traveling. Life has been happening. But I'm so happy to be I'm back. Pumped for the prestige was started tonight. Oh my god, prestige! <laughs> there were some prestige previews, by the way. I can't yeah. wait to tackle that Schrader card count. Oh movie. my god, full oh. frame. Oh, oh. But anyway, back to Candyman. Listen, like I said, on paper, I love all this. I love a lot of what was going on. I loved a lot of the performances. It just didn't do the one thing that it needed to do, which was to be creepy. It wasn't even creepy, let alone scary. I did really want to like it. And it, that carried me on its wings for so long. Oh, I, I got to give it two. I got to give it two. Okay. Just love and light, goodwill for them trying to do something ambitious and giving me a little bit of that art world Chicago atmosphere you know, the upside down, foggy buildings. Like, I like all that shit. That was cool. But it's oh, it's really a 1.5 for me. But Love and Light's pushing me to two. And the feeling of being back in the edge is pushing me to two. I'm going to give it a two. I think there's going to be fans of this out there. Yeah. It's definitely going to be way better than Halloween Kills. We know that. Oh, my God. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm that, all... that trailer felt just like... Uh... That trailer was a woof. My blood was already heating up watching that. Yeah. Oh, my God. So oh, my God. You can already tell that Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be in the hospital for, like, most of the movie. Oh, oh, uh, oh, oh. I can barely take it, guys. The kitchen sink. But we're going to tackle that another time. The kitchen it's, island. It's, <laughs> yeah, they're going to throw the kitchen sink at the kitchen island. It's midnight in a parking ramp in Burbank, Woo! and we got to get the hell out of here. We got to go home to our separate bathrooms and choose whether or not to say Candyman five times in front of the mirror. Ooh. I'm going to be like, Candyman, 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 Candyman. If we survive, we'll be back next week. But if we don't, we love you out there. And welcome back to Prestige Season. Who can take a sunrise can take a and sunrise. sprinkle it with dew? Love and light, y'all. Love and light. Love and light. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Hello, fellow lodgers. 
This is Brother Nathan with my review of Candyman 2021. Overall, I'll be kind of kind to it. I think this one has a has a clear agenda and a clear focus that that elevates it, makes it a strong piece. I think really what's on display here and the standout that I that I had viewing this was the visuals and the direction is really strong. I think there's one amazing set piece after another. Uh, the kills deliver on this kind of horror chiching. I think it'll totally impress that audience. But I also think the the message setting setting us into the, the current Cabrini Green of just the the barren row houses that are left and the church uh, really strengthen a piece like this. So I think it'll deliver on that aspect as well. My takeaway is that, yeah, the visuals are incredible. Yeah, there's there's rules to this horror film. But I think all these all these strong visuals and all this um, crowd pleasing feels a little forced sometimes. And I also think that the character development is just maybe not even there. <laughs> I don't really even know beyond the sympathy of of, of our main character getting stung by a bee and becoming this brundle fly deformation that really being the only uh, sympathy I have for this character um, so there's weird in character motivation throughout is, is pretty strange it's like why would you call a killer <laughs> into your house and I think it's just like Jaws in the water like just don't go in the water you know just just don't say his name you know five times so for me this was a, a lot of fun and just really extremely visual uh, and I appreciate that so I give it three bones it's probably two and a half bones in my mind but I'll give it three bones because I think it will please uh, the audience and I, I definitely would recommend it to people so that is my review of Candyman love and light to all you guys and and uh, I'm never going to say Candyman five times in front of a mirror because he'll come and kill me, you know, so uh, that's not going to happen. So peace out and love you. Bye bye. Hanging around downtown by myself and I had so much time to sit and think about myself. And then there she was like double cherry pie. Yeah, there she was like disco super fly. I smell sex and I wanted to see the impact, bro. 